Hello and welcome to Love Thy Lawyer, where we talk to real lawyers about their lives in and out of the practice of law, how they got to be lawyers, and what their experience has been. I'm Lewis Goodman, the host of the show, and yes, I'm a lawyer. Nobody's perfect. Jesse M. Adams represents the criminally accused in all stages of proceedings handling both felony and misdemeanor cases from arraignment through appeal. He's tried high-profile criminal and civil matters and argued in front of the California Court of Appeal. Before narrowing his practice to criminal defense, Jesse aggressively litigated civil matters as a big firm associate. In 2013, he made the leap to opening his own office. Jesse Adams, welcome to Love Thy Lawyer. Thank you, Lou. I'm very happy to be here. I'm honored to be invited. I'm happy to have you. I see you in court, and you're one of the people who handles a lot of cases, and it's a pleasure to talk to you. Where are you speaking to us from right now? I am actually not at the office today. I was in court this morning, and I am at my home. Which is where? I live in Alameda, California. Where's your office located? My office, I moved recently, and so my new office is right by the Grand Lake Theater, just up the street on Grand Avenue, Uh, and I couldn't be happier. It's really a great neighborhood in Oakland to have my office in. Well, it's certainly easy to go find lunch. Yes, it's very walkable. There's all sorts of options. It's close to the lake. Really, anything you need up and down Grand Avenue is right there, from dry cleaners to food. Everything's right there. It's really nice. What type of practice do you have? So at this point now I practice, I can't quite say 100% criminal defense because I have a few remaining immigration cases, but we're talking about three outstanding cases. So really my practice is 100% criminal defense. Is there any kind of case that you find yourself handling more than others? I, I wouldn't say so. Most of my cases are are felonies at this point that are not life cases, but fairly serious matters. Where are you from originally? So I was born and raised in Oakland, California. I'm a local kid. Did you go to high school in Oakland? I actually graduated from high school in St. Mary's in Berkeley. I went to elementary school in Oakland and I went to Claremont Junior High. And when it came time to go to high school, my parents made some some tough sacrifices, and I went to St. Mary's and graduated from there. What was that experience like for you? St. Mary's was great. I actually went to both. I went to two two different high schools here in Oakland. I started off at Bishop O'Dowd, which is also a great school, but I, I really, really enjoyed my time at St. Mary's. It was a very small class. My class in 1992, I think we had about 85 boys. It was still, it was not co-ed at that point in time. And I, I really enjoyed my time there. There's, there's something about eliminating that kind of competition for attention from the girls that I think helps try and focus, uh, young 16 year old boys, 17 year old boys, as much as you can focus them. And I had a, I had a wonderful time there. I have, uh, it was a special class. There's a lot of, a lot of those people that I graduated high school with, I'm still friends with. A lot of them have gone on to be very successful in in an, a variety of different walks of life, and it was incredibly diverse. When you graduated from St. Mary's, where'd you go to college? I started my collegiate career at the 
time-honored institution of Laney College. And so I went there for two and a half years, really worked hard to make sure that I got straight A's across the board. Did so, and then I was able to transfer into Cal Berkeley. So I graduated from there in 1997. What was the difference between being at Cal and being at Laney? You know, Laney is a true community college. It is not just 20-year-olds in the class. So you have people of all ages, all walks of life that are in there. I think, you know, Laney was a little more collaborative and then less competitive than Cal, but it wasn't as, you know, it wasn't as, it wasn't as rigorous. It didn't expose you to as many ideas really as, as Cal does, but they were both, they were both, both good. When you graduated from Cal, did you immediately go to law school or did you take some time off? I took some time off to figure out what I wanted to do. And that was, in in retrospect, a really sweet spot in my life. What'd you do? Um, I, was a, I was a waiter, but I was a waiter at Scott's Seafood in Jack London Square. So it was quite a decent gig. I made, I made good money for my age. I worked... 25 to 30 hours a week. I would go up to Tahoe midweek and a sugar bowl used to be two for Wednesdays or two for Tuesdays. And it was 20 bucks to ride all day long. And then we would make money on the weekends. And, you know, I had a lot, I had a lot of fun. I learned a lot there, but after a while, and, and that is a place where you can be a career waiter. But I thought about, you know, is that what I want to do long-term and, and it, and it wasn't. So I ultimately moved on from that. One of my best friends in law school worked his way through school as a waiter at Scott's in San Francisco. And when yeah. he took a job at a law firm, he ended up taking quite a big pay cut. <laughs> you know, it, it taught me a lot. It, it also taught me a lot about speaking in public and speaking to large groups of people and dealing with people that were upset with the experience, all of which translate to being a criminal defense lawyer. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So when did you actually start thinking about being a lawyer and saying, you know, a lawyer is really what calls me? You know, it was at Cal that I was, I was strongly thinking about what to do next, but I wasn't sure what area of the law. And I was a little put off by the level of competition and kind of <clears throat> one-upsmanship about, you know, which law school were you applying to and what LSAT prep course were you taking and so on and so forth. And I, I wanted to kind of take a break uh, from that and figure out, if, is that really what I want to do? Do I want to go straight through and stay on this competitive track with these really bright, really competitive kids? So it was already in my mind. And then I think, you know, having a, a, a job after college that wasn't in the legal field made me really start thinking, maybe that's what I, maybe that's what I should do. And so that's, that's how I, I came to it. So where'd you go to law school? I went to Hastings. I applied all over the country because I'd done my undergraduate here and was from here. And so maybe this is the time that I, I take off somewhere else. And Hastings was the best school that I got into. And then I looked at the, you know, in-state tuition versus out-of-state tuition of some of the other schools that I was accepted to, and they decided to, to stay here for law school. What did so, you think so. of Hastings? I actually liked it. You know, there's a lot of people who, who have a, a 
for a variety of opinions about the school, but it's it's big like Cal. So when I was in my third year, it may have been second and third. No, I think it was just in my third year. So I was a part of what they had. They had a civil justice clinic, and that was really rewarding. And you felt like a real a real lawyer. And I remember just being so intimidated when I had to make the phone call to opposing counsel have some settlement negotiations. But that was where I could see the rubber meeting the road, you know, and it wasn't really until that was definitely one of the highlights of being there. Yeah, I went to Hastings and I had a great experience there. And I think that I also got a lot out of their clinical programs. And it was really being involved in the clinical programs and the kind of hands-on work that you got a chance to do there that I ultimately got into the Alameda County District Attorney's Office. For me, wanting to, you know, go into litigation and knowing I wanted to be in court, those were great experiences that I was able to mm-hmm. take at Hastings. So I I yeah. can appreciate what you're saying there. I, I should, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the moot court program too, because that had still is still a national powerhouse. Do you think that having taken that time off between college and law school, that it allowed you to be somewhat more focused when you actually got to law school? Yes, absolutely, without question. Yeah. What did your friends and family think and say when you told them you wanted to be a lawyer? You know, I didn't really get a lot of bad jokes. I get all that stuff now, but everybody was really positive about it. And, you know, I think thought that it would be a good fit. And I don't have a history of lawyers or anything in my in my family. So, you know, people were very supportive. When you got out of law school, I know you did some work at a public defender's office, and I know you did some civil litigation, and I know that you ultimately ended up in criminal practice. And I'm wondering if you could briefly just kind of go through that progression and explain how you got to where you are now. Sure, yeah, I've definitely had uh, a more circuitous route than many criminal lawyers. I am astonished at the number of district attorneys and public defenders who have done nothing else. (laughs) The vast majority are career, you know, public defenders or DAs. Some of them have other experience. So after, after law school, I moved to San Diego and moved in with a woman who's now my wife and was looking for work down there. My very first gig was with a solo criminal defense lawyer down there. I worked with her just for a few months while I was looking for work, and then I got picked up by the San Diego alternate public defender. So in that county, they have a full office that handles conflicts. So I started there, and they threw me into dependency court. I didn't know anything about it, but it was a really good experience. I spent two or three years doing that. I had a ton of bench trials. The judge I was before most is now a federal judge as well. One of my colleagues from there is on the bench now. But, you know, in those proceedings, you are fighting to reunite children with the parents who have had them removed and from their custody. And the vast majority of those cases are drug-related. The kids are either born testing positive or the conditions of the house are so poor that the kids are removed. That must be kind of emotionally draining work. It, it is, you know, I think it was better for me to do before I had children, you know, as a young guy, because I was just, I was going to fight 
for them, no matter what, I think I would have more difficulty with it now that I have kids. And but yeah, it was very, very emotional for the, you know, the people involved without question. So but there were some good lawyers there, taught me a lot of good stuff. And then I got homesick. I wanted to come back to the Bay. And I have a, a good friend from law school who was at, at a prestigious firm here in Oakland that did construction litigation. So he's like, hey, I need I need people. So I took that job. I still feel kind of bad because my buddy got me that <laughs> got me that job. But it just wasn't it wasn't for me. It was basically the everything revolved around indemnity, but you never saw a court. And I wanted to be back in court. I wanted to be dealing with people and I wanted to be on the defense side. So what'd you do? So I left and I went to go work for Annie Bellis and Bob Bellis. So I did that for a few years and then I went out on my own. And how's that gone for you? It's, it's great. You know, it, it, at this point, my practice is getting so busy that, you know, Eventually, I'm going to have to bring some people on, I think, to help. But I really enjoy it. I like having control of my cases kind of from beginning to end. I have a good mix of private clients and court-appointed clients. What do you really like about practicing law? I mean, you obviously are someone who could pretty much do whatever he wanted to do. But you've been in the law for a while and you've chosen to stay here. Why? Mm -hmm. Good question. You know, I like, it may sound kind of kind of basic, but way back when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do after being a waiter, I I like reading, I like writing, and I like arguing. <laughs> Those are all three things that I get enjoyment out of if it's done well, if it's done thoroughly. So that's kind of the technical aspect of law. In the big picture, I really enjoy helping people. Once I took, when I took the the day-to-day interaction with clients who needed my help out of the practice, it did not do the same thing for me. So helping people through difficult situations, getting them out of jail. The first time you get somebody out of jail, it's just a really good feeling. Hanging a jury or getting a not guilty verdict, having a case dismissed when it's a significant case. All of those things, they feel good as a kind of professional arrow in your feather in your feather in your cap. But for your client, it's everything. You know, they get to get go home that day or you you beat the case or if you can't beat the case, you resolve it in a way that, you know, they're they can accept and 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 move on with their life. If a young person was just coming out of college, would you recommend going into law as a career choice? You know, that's a tricky question now because of the cost of law school. I would not discourage anybody from from doing it. I would definitely suggest that they get some exposure. Don't just go to law school to become a lawyer because that doesn't that doesn't tell me much or anybody in the profession much. Do you want to do litigation? Do you want to do corporate? kind of mergers and acquisitions? Are you thinking about a big firm life, solo practitioner, government work? So get some exposure. You know, if you're thinking about it, find a place to intern. If you can't do that, find somebody who practices in the field and and tag along for a day or have lunch with them. So I, you know, I, I, I enjoy it, but I know that the cost of law school has gotten so high that you really need to, to, figure figure out whether that's what you want to do. It doesn't make sense to rack up 
three years of debt and then change careers a couple of years in, you're going to, you know, that you could probably get to where you ultimately are without going through that whole process. And I know some really bright people who went to law school who do not practice. So, but yeah, you know, I'm, I, I think it's a rewarding career. It's challenging, but it's meaningful. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it really depends, but I did, certainly wouldn't try and talk anybody out of it. How is actually practicing met or different from your expectations about it? It's probably a little grittier, you know, than I thought in law school. When you're sitting in the back of the courtroom and you're talking to somebody in custody in a tiny little box about their options, it's not quite what I pictured. Well, how about the business of practicing law? How has that gone for you and how is that either met or different from your expectations about it? That it's, I've learned a lot over the years. I'm doing a lot better at it now than when I started. I think you really need to learn how to price your cases when you're doing private work appropriately. And I think you can, it can be intimidating in the Bay Area because there's a lot of advertising money that's spent. So I think some of the best advice that I received when I started telling people I'm going to go out on my own so I can focus on criminal defense, they were like, don't sign up for too much advertising because you're just going to end up chasing your tail to to pay. So try and get some balance of, of court-appointed work and private work. And I feel like I'm at a pretty good, pretty good point now. But it's, you know, it's hard. It, it would be nice moving forward to delegate, you know, some of that stuff so that I can really just focus on trial work because it's time-consuming. You have to deal with, you know, trust accounting I didn't know anything about when I started off and all the, you know, offices and overhead and insurance. And I mean, it's just, there's a lot on the business side. So I'm glad I've learned it, but it's a lot. It would, you know, I, I moving forward, I want to be more lawyer and less, less admin. <laughs> yeah. And in law school, they don't teach you anything about it. You've talked about some advice that you received. What advice would you give to a young person who is just starting out as an attorney? You know, try and figure out what what really gives you that internal satisfaction in the law so that you can focus on that area of practice. Be careful, pay attention, attention to detail, being thorough, being prepared, all those things make the difference. I remember in, at Hastings, one of my clinical professors telling us about the five P's of practicing law. Preparation, 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 and preparation. And that's really, that's really true because if you're not all the way prepared and you come up against an opponent who is, it can be an uncomfortable experience. Do you think the legal system is fair? No, it's not. You know, it, it favors people with, without question. So do I think it's a terrible system? No, but I, you know, if you have the money to, to post bail and your cellmate doesn't, one of you is going to stay in custody and probably going to take a deal to get out of custody. And one of you is going to get out of custody and you're going to have a much better chance of beating the whole case after you post. So, yeah. And it's, you know, also the people coming through the system generally are from lower socioeconomic strata of, of, of society. So it disproportionately involves certain segments of our, of our population. I'm going to shift gears here a little bit. What's your family life been like and how has practicing law 
fit into or affected your family situation? I, you know, I think I have pretty good balance as a lawyer. So I, it hasn't really negatively impacted my family life. I don't feel like I, I work so much that I'm missing out on my on my family life. What sort of recreational pursuits do you have, things that you enjoy doing to kind of unwind to get your mind off of the practice of law? Well, so that's become much more important to me as I've gotten older. You know, the stress of the job, I think, as your responsibilities increase on the job, will start manifesting on on you. So I really take time to, I'm a cyclist, so I enjoy road cycling or mountain biking, getting to the gym. I try and do that as often as I can because I just, I'm able to deal with the challenges of the job better. I'm old enough now that I'll even do, try and do yoga once a week or so, you know. (laughs) But it helps. I mean, it just really helps if you can come to court with your mind already in a more relaxed place. Because, you know, like I do, that the job can, the job itself can be stressful, so. How do you define success? It's not about how much money you have. I think you want to have enough money so that you can take care of yourself and your family and your loved ones so that you're not stressed out by the lack of money. If you you get a, a real internal kind of joy from completing something successfully and you're making enough money to have a few nice things and and not worry about uh, about the basics of life then that to me is a successful life let's say you and your wife came into some real money three or four billion dollars what if anything would you do differently in your life man that's a that's a that's a tough question three or four billion yeah i mean we're not talking Jeff Bezos money, but we're talking about, you know, enough so that you probably wouldn't have to think about money in any serious way. Yeah, that's tough. Well, half of me says that we would get out of the States, go open up some sort of hotel or resort, get away in the Caribbean, maybe Mexico, something like that. The other half of me says that I would find a way to get an NFL team back in Oakland. <laughs> Maybe I'd be the new owner of a, of, a, uh, of a football team and I could buy my way back in the NFL. Yeah, no, I think I'd probably go with the, with the resort out of the country. <laughs> well, let's say you had that NFL team and you had a Super Bowl ad and you had 60 seconds to say whatever you wanted on the Super Bowl. What? What would you say to the world if you had 60 seconds on the Super Bowl? Oh, that's so tough, Lou. I think I got to backtrack on my answer because really, if I didn't own an NFL team and they just gave me 60 seconds during the Super Bowl, I would probably tell people to stop watching the NFL. (laughs) But I lived from Oakland. I lived in San Diego. There's really good people and fans in both cities and since I graduated from law school, I've seen both of these teams relocate and just kind of devastate these communities. So I'm not, uh, that would probably be my message to everybody who was tuned in. <laughs> show. So you're, you're sort of the, the, the Jonah of California NFL teams. I, maybe it's my, my personal responsibility, but yeah, it was, you know, just amazing. 
let's say you had a magic wand that was one thing in the world, legal or otherwise, that you could change. What would that be? It's hard to it's hard to say how we would fix Oakland, you know, but it's so near and dear to my heart and seeing what a sad and difficult state that it's in right now. I would try and find a way to give these kids some opportunity and to try and, and just shut down the violence. The violence is just so out of control. So to find a way that East Oakland and West Oakland were, you know, thriving, safe communities where people have, you know, career opportunities, good schools, and not nearly so much violence, you know, find a, find a way to f- fix the city. Jesse, how do we get in touch with you if someone wanted to talk to you about a case that they had or they just wanted to talk to you in general? What, what's the best way to reach you? Do you have a website that uh, people can find you at? I do. I have a website and it's at adamsdefense.com. So you can reach me through there. And then my phone number is the best way to reach me. And that's 510-217-8600. Jesse Adams, thank you so much for joining me today on the Love Thy Lawyer podcast. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored to be on the podcast and I really appreciate your time. That's it for today's episode of Love Thy Lawyer. If you enjoyed listening, please share it with a friend and follow the podcast. If you have comments or suggestions, send me an email. Take a look at our website at lovethylawyer.com where you can find all of our episodes, transcripts, photographs, and information. Thanks to my guests and to Joel Katz for music, Brian Matheson for technical support, Paul Roberts for social media, and Tracy Harvey. I'm Lewis Goodman. You know, it's funny. I saw that on your outline and I was like, I don't have anything that, that comes to mind.